Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be with you. If it's the first time you've ever been here, make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes or via the Talk Sport website. We are churning out the boxing content at the moment because we are in a real hot streak of top quality fights. And Saturday night's live program uh, was no different. We got to talk up two epic fights. You already know the results of those fights, but we're still going to give you the build-up that happened live on the radio on Saturday. And we're starting with the history maker at Madison Square Garden. Katie Taylor taking on... Amanda Serrano. Spencer Oliver was with me in the studio for a bit of build-up. This is an incredible weekend of boxing. Looking forward to this fight tonight. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano is going to be epic. History in the making. First women to top a bill at MSG. And mate, do you know what? This fight, I think this fight is going to go down. I don't know what you think about this one, Adam, but I think this is going to go down as one of the great fights that's ever been at the Mad- Madison Square Garden. Listen, it's in esteemed company. As you just said, 140 years of Madison Square Garden, New York City. There's something so iconic about this place when sports are are connected to it. Of course, it has all the big concerts in there as well. It is so iconic. Ali Frazier, the fight of the century. This is where this fight took place. The greats of the likes of LaMotta and Marciano have also danced in the squared circle, in the big room. And that's the key thing because there's been three theatres in Madison Square Garden for people that have never uh, been to visit the place. The big room is where all the big fights take place. And in yesteryear, in in times gone by, uh, the female fights have maybe taken place in the Hulu theatre or in in, in the smaller rooms. Tonight, it's the big room. And for the first time in that 140-year history, two female fighters get to headline the top of the bill. And they couldn't be more fitting fighters as well, Spence, if we're really honest. Katie Taylor, two-weight world champion, um, obviously Olympic gold medalist. She's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, taking on seven-weight world champion in Amanda Serrano, nine world titles under her tutelage as well. Tonight... 
oh my days, I'm just so jealous of everybody that is going to be in the theatre tonight to watch this thing go down. It is The thing is about it as well, from a stylistic point of view, we can talk about the historical relevance of it. From a stylistic point of view, Spence, the styles might so nicely. Yeah. It is going to be an absolute banger. Adam, that's what's getting me going. It's the stylistically, these two are just gel together. You couldn't have... Ask for a better gelling. It's a better pairing, if you like. It's like, you know, Taylor would like... She, she's she got the boxing... She's got the boxing IQ. She's got the skill set. But we know she loves to have a fight. Amanda Serrano loves to come forward. Very heavy-handed. Like, 42 wins. One loss, one draw. 30 of those by KO. You yeah. know, she's very heavy-handed. And she just loves to have a fight. And we know Katie Taylor loves having a fight as well. You know, so I think that... Katie Taylor's going to start very well. She's going to build up an early lead. But I see Amanda Serrano coming back in those middle rounds and it could go right down to the wire, this one. Listen, we want uh, your thoughts on everything that's happening tonight, right? We're going we're gonna to give you three fights and you've got to tell us who and how throughout the course of the show. And we'll maybe do a little bit of a roundup as we get a little bit closer to the end of the show, all right? So the three fights we're going to go with is obviously the main event at Madison Square Garden between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Uh, we're going to go with the core main event from that one with Jesse Vargas taking on Liam Smith. And we're also going to obviously throw in the main event, the unification fight between Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. Tell us who's going to win it and how they're going to win it and see if we can get some type. This with you, Spence, all week and... I've been really impressed with both girls this week. I've seen them do bits of interviews. I've seen them carry themselves in the midst of so much media attention. Katie Taylor, I think, has really shone this week. Yes, she's a quietly spoken individual. She concentrates purely on the sport itself. She's a fantastic person to be around. She's a she's an absolute ambassador for this sport. But I just think this week she has risen to it. She's got this, she's got mm. that ready Brett glow about her. And so has Amanda Serrano, but Amanda Serrano's always got it. I think she's really stepped up a, a little bit more this week with the media coverage as, uh, as Katie, and she's really relishing uh, the moment at Madison Square Garden. Mm. I've, I've, I've just got a funny feeling. I've, al- I've always gone with the Amanda Serrano. I've always said that Amanda Serrano is going to win this fight and she's going to win it on points. That's where I've gone. But... Here's the, here's the big book for you, Spence, and I'd cool, love to mate. get your thoughts on this. Two mi- Obviously, we're talking about female fights, so therefore it's two-minute rounds, and it's 10 two-minute rounds. We're not talking about 12 three-minute rounds, okay? So for 20 minutes, this is the question. For 20 minutes, can Katie Taylor go at 100 mile an hour? She's 35 years of age now. If she can, if she can go at 100 mile an hour for 20 minutes... I think we're going to see the crowning moment of her career. If she can do that. If she can't, she will get beat. Sure. But if she she can keep that energy going from start to finish for 20 minutes at 100 mile an hour, she could overrode Amanda Serrano. Because let's be straight, even though Serrano's had 40-odd fights, mate, she's never been in with anybody like Katie Taylor. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with that. You know, Taylor's 20 and 0. But if you look at her resume and who she's boxed, you know, it far succeeds Amanda Serrano. But Serrano's just that very tough. She's got a typical American sort of style, really. Very tough. Loves to come forward, throws punches in bunches. Loves a tear-up. Very heavy-handed. But you're right. I think that you summed that up lovely, mate. I think that if... Katie Taylor can go like a rocket for 10 rounds. That's it. She squeezes home, I think, a split decision. Mate, but, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's Tasmanian devil stuff. She's got to just, as soon as she hears that first bell, go. Don't yeah. wait. Don't wait because you could end up getting your ears boxed off because Serrano's very precise with her punches. She, she is. She's, her footwork's beautiful and she's precise. And as you've said, she's got that power. I think if, if Katie goes at her just 100 mile an hour, 
she could overrode it. And for two minutes, it's a lot easier to do, obviously, than three minutes, isn't it? And if you just put your foot down for two minutes, rest for a minute and go again, it's like, it's like, it's like 10 little sprints, Spence, at the gym, innit? That's what she's got to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. She's got to give us 10 sprints, and, and hopefully at the end of it, she'll have her arm raised. Do you know what the winning factor is for Katie Taylor? And I think this is what it all comes down to. She's slightly faster. She's slightly yeah. faster. She's got quick hands. And I think that could be the factor. I think that's what might just get her home. But I think she come through some sticky moments. I mean, I these two girls, you know, they're making history here tonight. And I think it's going to go down as one of those great fights because they've both wanted it so long, like especially Katie Taylor. That's why we've seen her. She's been in great form this week, purely mm. because it's the fight that she's been chasing now for, you know, the best part of three, four years where she's just, her fight has been on, it's been off, it's been on, it's been off, and they've never seen to get over the line. And we thought at one stage we was never going to see it. Yeah. Um, and Katie Taylor, this is the fight that she's been craving. I think this is, this is, um, this is a cra- crowning, crowning hour. This is, if she can get this over the line, you know, I think that she will have succeeded in everything she's ever wanted to achieve in the sport because she's just wanted to go down as pound for pound the number one. Amanda Serrano holds that at the moment. There's been a lot of talk of retirement, um, obviously in the fallout of Tyson Fury last week, my friend, in the boxing world. I've got a funny feeling that tonight might be the last time we see Katie Taylor in a boxing ring. Yeah, I totally agree with that, mate. And that's why I say I think this could be this could be a crowning hour because I think if she goes out there and she has a war, one thing's guaranteed, right? One thing is guaranteed. Anyone that wants to stay up and watch this fight is going to be worth doing because yeah. I can guarantee this is not going to be no chess match. This no. is going to be an all-out war. And if Katie can, you know, if Katie can just get it, if she can just do it, I, I agree with you, mate. I think that'll be her crowning hour, and I think that'll be it. She'll, um, she'll, she'll battle out there. Now, following me and Spencer waxing lyrical about the magnitude of the fight, we thought we'd get on world champions. That's right, girls that know what they're doing. And we didn't just get one on, we got three. Starting with Ebony Bridges. This is what she had to say about the magnitude of the fight that was taking place at Madison Square Garden. I think it's huge. I mean, it's huge for a female athlete, you know what I mean? And I know you say that we want to call it boxing and, you know, not refer to women's and women's boxing, and that's fine, but I'm kind of like, we should be able to own that we're women as well. We are women. I don't have a problem at all with calling it women's boxing. Um, I think that we are women and we can own that, and I think this is huge for women's boxing and for boxing. You know, men have obviously headlined many times. It's normal for them, but for us it isn't. So... Yes, us as women, it is big, you know, and um, I'm proud to, you know, be in the generation, be part of that kind of surge and um, that this era where, um, you know, we are being brought up and women's boxing is on the rise, you know. Like Katie Taylor, you know, you can't deny that she's definitely the pioneer to help that alongside of someone like Eddie Hearn, who she's had, Eddie Hearn to help her push women's boxing and help push her name. So, you know, it's combined effort there and then continuing on with what they're doing, you know, showing female boxing to the world. You know, and you got Amanda Serrano, who, yeah, she was probably, she was around longer. She's been around a lot longer than Katie, Katie Taylor. But unfortunately, she doesn't have the, hasn't had the platform and the promoter like Eddie Hearn or, you know, maybe even the country to be able to do what, what Katie Taylor has done. So I'm very happy for Serrano to be finally getting her name heard and being able to be on this platform and be part of it as well. You mentioned Eddie's name there, and obviously you're, you're connected to Eddie. Uh, and listen, there'll be boxing fans 
and there's people in the media like myself that every now and again, Eddie comes under a little bit critique with matchmaking and various things, but nobody can critique him when it comes to pushing uh, female fighters forward. And over the last five to six years, Matchroom in particular have been at the forefront of being able to do that. When you started your journey in this game, did you genuinely believe, right at the start, did you genuinely believe that we would be in this position now where we've got two girls headlining at the iconic Madison Square Garden? No, not at all. Um, not having, I mean, if you're, to, I've, I've turned amateur, I had my first amateur fight five years ago and that was only five years ago. I didn't really think it, you know what I mean? Um, and obviously only being pro now for, you know, a couple of years, um, I didn't think it. And, um, you know, I think for women's boxing to grow, we needed to be on the undercard of big male sports. We did. We needed to be, our, we needed the men, unfortunately, we needed the men to help bring eyes on us as well. So the way that it's been done, I think, has been done brilliantly. You know, having Katie Taylor on big undercards like Anthony Joshua, so she gets seen. Do you know what I mean? Because if it was if it was a Katie Taylor headlining from the start, the way women's boxing was in the niche market that followed female women's boxing, she wouldn't have got seen by that many people. So yeah. what they've done and how they've promoted her and how they've been able to build women's boxing over the years by using big names in men's boxing and putting Katie Taylor on the undercards and putting other names on the undercards, that's helped get us to this point where now we are able to headline, or some boxers are, obviously, um, female fighters are able to headline their own shows and bring this numbers in as well. Because if you did it five years ago, I'm not sure it would have happened. You know, that's why it didn't happen. I don't think five years ago it wouldn't have been this big because because it had, we hadn't built, built women's boxing so much, um, unfortunately. But it's just, it's been the process and I think, Eddie Hearn, 100, is you know, I'm not not just because I'm signed under him, but Eddie Hearn is a big push for that because the rest, then the rest of the the world and the other promoters have jumped on board as well. I think at first they kind of did it just because they thought they had to, but now they are doing it because they truly believe it as well. But I believe Eddie Hearn believed it from the start with Katie Taylor. So everything's happened in the right timing, and I just suppose I don't know if I five years ago or three years ago when I turned pro, um, I didn't really see it happening this fast, but I think it's it's it really has been quite exponential. You know what I mean? It has grown exponentially, considering if you think about pre five, six, seven years ago, it's been dead for, you know, 20, 30 years. Because there have been girls yeah. around, you know, look back in, you know, like, you know, Jane Couch, you look at, um, you know, um, Lucia Riker and all these these legends back then, you know, they were still around then, but it wasn't how it is now. So, no. and that was a long time. It was just kind of like this same thing. And it's just spiked. Yeah, um, it was treated, I, think, I think it was treated previously as a sideshow, wasn't it? Now it's treated yeah, novelty. As, as legit. A novelty, yeah, like, oh, here's, here's a special, uh, this, uh, the, like, um, a special a special feature, female fight, a special feature. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that still gets thrown around a little bit at times. But um, look, I'm um, I'm all for it. And I, I think that it's it's going at a brilliant pace. I know everybody, there's a lot of people out there that are impatient. And, and they do think, you know, oh, look, like we're being seen now, now we need to get paid. But we've got to understand it's a process. And I'm very happy with the process, you know. And the girls in five years, ten years' time are going to reap our benefits because I don't see it slowing down. I see it getting faster. The um, Before I ask you how you think the fight's going to play out and how we can move <laughs> the female game on even further, I just want to talk about stigma. What stigmas do you still face? Because I don't think we're fully there yet, are we? I think a large <laughs> percentage of the boxing community are on board. But what stigmas do you still face? Me, personally? Can you just imagine? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I suppose, I mean, I suppose you're battling... the perfect person to speak to about it, yeah. 
I mean, I've been battling stigmas and stereotypes since I turned pro, you know what I mean? And I thank God and thankfully for my last fight when I, you know, beat longest reigning world champion in my division in, a, in an emphatic form, I think that proved that, um, you know, you can look like me, you can be feminine and women can fight, you know, and then you've got people like Katie Taylor and Serrano and Chantel Cameron and all these amazing women that are coming through and we're showing, we fight, we fight hard and we're entertaining and we can fight, you know, not like men, we're still women, but we're, we're the same as men, do you know what I mean? There's no real difference. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I still get the stigma. Even when I, you know, won my belt and people were saying world champion, people didn't know. They're like, oh, you box? Like, wow, you, you know, you're too pretty to fight. Or oh, I didn't even know, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's this, it's always going to be stigma. It's the way society has been over many, many, many years. Like, we're talking hundreds of years, you know, that we're trying to, we're trying to break a, a stigma and a stereotype of, of many years. But it's breaking. I think it's breaking, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I think it, I think from my point of view, it comes down from the you mentioned it there. It's the entertainment factor, isn't it? Is it entertaining? Yeah. And and that's the key thing because at the end of the yeah. day, this is a numbers game. Are people willing to part with their money <laughs> to pay a ticket to go and watch? And there's no doubt about that. And I think you you mentioned it a little earlier on. Katie's obviously rise through the amateur ranks. The what she did in the amateur ranks, even people like Clarissa Shield, what they did in the amateur ranks, yeah. to obviously create that buzz to then get people into the arena. And you, 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 I think you've touched upon it perfectly before, the way that it has been done where female fighters have been put on the undercard, say of an Anthony Joshua, to create awareness. It's not been a sideshow. This is the co-main event or this is on the yes. undercard or what have you. And when people sit there and watch it, they go, geez, man, I'm entertained by fight. this. I'll keep, I'll keep exactly. an eye out for this girl next time round. Exactly. And, and I say it over and over again, it is up to the promoter. It is really up to the promoters yeah. and the promoters are putting good fights and putting on good women. Correct. So back in the day, and this is why I get stereotyped so much, it'd be like, they just put a girl on because she looks good, but she can't fight, you know, and that just ruins boxing. And it does. Yeah. Oh, she just looks good and she's just a novelty and they're yeah, just putting her on whatever for, 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 but it's not even entertainment. So that's where, you know, again, I get that bad name as well, because it was in the past, it was, oh, look, this pretty girl, I put her on and, you know, and they're trying to use women just to sell just on their looks, but it doesn't come down to that. You need to be able to box, you need to be able to fight as well. Someone like Katie Taylor, putting someone in there that has the hand speed of a man like she she's she's incredible to watch you know what i mean she's yeah. exciting to watch because she throws that many punches and she's got such fast hands you can't help but be wowed you know what i mean and especially she was the first really to be showcased on those big cards um um and to show this side because there's plenty of girls out there that don't have that you know and and we're not like boxers men and male, male boxers they're not all the same either they're not all as good as each other Correct. But had Eddie Home put on a, a girl that's maybe not as wowing and put her on the undercard, it would have flopped. Do you know what I mean? You've got to pick the right fighters to do it. You can't just put girls on to put them on for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? And I have seen that as well. They just put them on, they've just put them on because, oh, you need to have a female on the card now. I still believe it's important for promoters to put on nice, well-matched fights, which, which Eddie Home does, well-matched fights, well-competitive fights. Um, you know, not someone like that's out here and then someone here and they just blast them out because that's what happened over the years. You know, five, six, seven years ago, the pool was so the pool was so shallow that you had really good female fighters and then that's it. So the only options was that they would just fight. It's mismatched all the time. No one wants to see mismatches. but not even in men's boxing they want to see mismatches. So then when they see it in women's boxing, it's like, oh, this is all it is. Oh, yeah, like, do you know what I mean? But we're lucky that now the pool's opened there's many more women in the sport, so now we are getting a lot more even fights, and we fight hard, and so now it's becoming entertaining.
Following Ebony Bridges, we caught up with Natasha Jonas, who gave her opinion on how the fight might play out. People ask me all the time about, you know, how much it's progressed and it's come on leaps and bounds. And I think Katie's been setting the standards for, for, for the UK and, and great British boxing for a very long time. Uh, Olympics onwards, you know, she was one of the main reasons we even was able to box in the Olympics and, and is one of the main reasons a lot of women in the UK have the opportunity to go professional, whether that's with Eddie, Frank, you know, Ben, or whoever it's with, do you know what I mean? So, like, got to give a props for that. And I've said that a few times. Um, I can only name Cathy Brown and Jane Couch. Mm. And Cathy Brown is someone who I met later on after starting boxing, who was two British female fighters that I knew. Globally, Anne Wolf, um, Leila Ali, uh, and Lucy Reicher was the only others that I could name off the top of me, like that, they the only ones. Christy Martin, sorry, as well. Because of the the fights that the the big profile fights that they had and was on. But none of them had even came close to 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 reaching them types of feats. So um it's huge. It is big. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's an absolute massive moment this evening uh for boxing uh in general. What's the next step? After I mean this is big tonight, this is massive. The eyes of the world are on this particular fight this evening. What's the next step to make this more of a norm? Is it, is it three minute rounds? It, what's the what's the thing for you? Do you think that that would kick the game on even further? I think a lot of people are advocating and and boxers as well for the three minute rounds. I, don't, I haven't met a boxer yet that that doesn't particularly want it. Um, but I, I do wonder, like. For the people that say they just want it solely to see knockouts, and then you have incidents like Teddy Harper, incidents like mine, incidents like, and, and when people actually see the knockouts, incidents like Savannah's, mm. that they don't actually like it. So I do wonder if the if 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 your thing is just to solely see a knockout, I don't know whether that is the right reason to change to three minutes. If I'm honest, if that's just mm-hmm. my opinion, but if you want to, you know, see longer fights if you want to see you know skills on show for longer i'm all down for that I, we, we we want to see an increased pay for it so yeah i'm all down for them reasons but if it's solely for knockouts i think the reality of knockouts is is different to just you know thinking it yeah i think from my point of view knockouts does come into it i think those viral moments the ones that go around the world that would make the athlete more of a superstar more people than want to see them fight and therefore as you've just touched upon there and this is the key thing because we talk about parity in sport all the time don't we but there's got to be parity regarding the pay in sport and i think that's how you do it we kind of it seems to me the more athletes i speak to the more promoters i speak to it comes to how it it doesn't necessarily come down to your ability and and how good you are it comes down to how much you can sell and that's a sad state of affairs yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where we're at. And, and that happens for the men. You know, that happens when, you know, Anthony Joshua is probably making a lot more money than Sonny Edwards, even though the boat was just as successful. And that, the reason is it, it sells more, heavyweight sells more than the like. So it happens within the men. But there's, you know, there's Olympians or there's, yeah, there's just people coming in at the same level. But you see the men like rockets off into yeah. like a, 
exponential like kinds of success that women don't see and there's a reason for that and it's not we've we've seen now that it's not because we're not as skilled or we're not as marketable because katie's blew that out the water and i know that she's hard to compare anybody to because of who she was in ireland before everyone knew katie was in the boxing world in the especially in the amateurs ireland she's been i think sports personality of the year like five six times so they they've all em- always embraced her as a as a as a human and as an and as an athlete bef- before even you know differentiating between men and women so um and I, to be honest i think it's it's uh, yeah a little bit of time that the rest of the world caught up i, th- I think um, I think the real success pointer for me this year so far mm-hmm. has been the fact that boxing fans are having a genuine discussion between themselves as to whether Serrano Taylor is bigger, better than Shields Marshall. Just the fact that that conversation is actually yeah, happening, yeah. that people are having that debate proves how far the game is coming now. And I think that I don't, I can't think of maybe over the last year of a of a show now that doesn't have a female representative athlete boxing yeah. on it. Yeah. I yeah, can't yeah. think and, and like that is that is huge. Mm-hmm. Even when I turned professional, there was there wasn't that enough females to even go about, you know, the promoters and be on a card. Yeah. For every fight there wasn't that many. But now that like you know, like I said, you don't you don't you don't get a card now without a female fight, and that's that's massive for, for us in sport. Listen, you're obviously a world champ, but you're turning into one of the best analysts in the game as well. We see you on the TV doing your thing. So I'm not, <laughs> gonna, I'm not listen, I'm not gonna let you get away without calling this fight, right? It's an absolute monster. Loads of people are going one way, loads of people are going the other. They see these styles just gelling tonight and giving us a real firecracker of a fight. How do you think this plays out this evening between Amanda and Katie? Ah, uh, it's. I think what I think. Every every fight needs, or like there's a there's a there's a certain moment in sports when you need like big fifty fifty fights and genuine fifty fifty. Not when people are building up to be. I mean, you know damn well it's not. Um, and this is one of them 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 occasions, and it's monumentous for for women. You know, you, you you've had it throughout the men's stages. Your Canelos, your Pacquiao's, your your you know your your uh, Mayweather's and whatever. And this is this is the this is the women's equivalent. And it's hard it's hard to call because I don't <laughs> think I honestly I I haven't changed my mind. And so I'm going to tell you what I think. But this is why I think it. I'm going to explain why I think it. Okay. I don't think. Serrano has been in with anyone of Katie's caliber ever. Um, I don't think there isn't a fighter that Katie hasn't fought, and I don't think there's a style she hasn't come across. And when I say fighter, I mean like you know, tall, little, big, what, whatever, big punch or whatever, and and the style, you know, aggressive, you know, back foot, what, whatever, counter punch, whatever. There isn't one that she hasn't come across. But (laughs) (laughs) if you go back even to the amateurs and in a professional career of, you know, anyone that she's struggled, not struggled, that's a a wrong word, but, you know, hasn't been as successful and blew out the water as she normally would, you would have to say your Archer Gavers, your me, uh, your uh, Gulsum Tartar, they're all southpaws. Um, and then you look at aggressive fighters, your pursuits and, and whoever, and you, you like you think, ooh. 
And, and, and one thing that people said about Pursuing was, if only she could punch, she'd have hurt her. Like, that was the downfall, is that she couldn't punch and she couldn't... I think that was Pursuing's, like, vulnerability, and I don't think um, Serrano has that. And then finally, the junior lightweight unified world champion Michaela Meyer was on the ground in New York City. So we got on the phone, got her on the radio, and got a bit of build-up. So I totally missed the weigh-ins because I was on my flight over here, but I watched it all on social media like you did. The energy is insane. Um, the Irish fans came out hard. The Puerto Ricans fan, fans came out hard. Everyone's here. It's going to be a really energetic night tonight. I'm really excited to see. I'll let you know tomorrow after I experience it because I just think it's going to be something that I've never really experienced before. Listen, you've done you've done a couple of programs with us in the past. We know that you've got an incredible boxing brain. You know how to break down a fight, so give it to us. Give it to us straight, Michaela. How is this going to play out tonight in the garden? Okay, this is a 50-50 fight, and it's because they both have two different styles. And so we're really going to see these two different styles go head-to-head. And it's going to be difficult because I think Serrano, with her speed count, amateur experience, um, or her speed and her punch count, amateur experience, that she's going to win the first half of the fight. It's going to take Serrano a little bit of time to kind of catch on to that in and out movement. But I think she eventually will. She's going to land some good shots. And she'll probably take over the second half of the fight. I don't see Serrano stopping Taylor. She's too tough. She's been in this position too many times. Um, I think it's going to go to decision, and we'll see who had their better moment. We'll see. Did, did Katie Taylor have a better first half? Did Serrano finish stronger? I think that Serrano can't let the fight get away from her too soon. Um, Katie's good at scoring points. She's great at these 10 two-minute rounds. If it was three-minute rounds, I might, I might be really going hard for a Serrano tonight. But Taylor knows how to get through these 10 two-minute rounds. She has the experience. She's done it before. Whether she gets hit, she gets tired, she pulls it through. So it's going to be tough. I don't want to see Serrano get too behind in the beginning. She's got to really take it to Taylor and step step to her. Michaela, this is a, a massive moment for women's sport, isn't it? And it's a, a genuine 50-50 fight. Did you ever think that you'd see two women topping the bill at MSG? Or did did you think that that was ever going to be possible? And what's the buzz like out there at the moment? You know, is there is there a real buzz around town? Yeah, of course I thought this was possible. Anybody, any woman in this era of boxing right now had to believe that this was possible or we wouldn't be where we are today. You had to believe it. You know, I I believe I'll be in the, this position too one day. We all have to. And so I'm not surprised at all. It took some time, but everything's coming into fruition now. Everything's everything's happening the way it. I always knew that it would. And so... Um, it's going to be a huge night. I wish I was talking to you guys tomorrow so I could really give you an opinion on on how the vibe was there in the arena. Um, but it's it's going to be great. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm dressed in all white because I'm in the neutral corner tonight. I don't <laughs> care who wins. I'm a fan of both. I just want to see a really great fight, and I want the winner, and I'll take either one. There she is. That's where we're going next, Michaela, you see, because we've spoken in the past, obviously, about the fights that you want in your weight division. Uh, and whether those uh, girls like Alicia Bumgarner will dance with you, and hopefully that does happen. But if that is not going to be the case, a step up in weight to take on the undisputed lightweight champion? Could that happen this absolutely. year, do you think? I, absolutely. I'm dying to step up in weight, you guys. You should see me. I'm I'm the biggest one out of all of these girls at 130, 135, 140. I probably belong at 140, to be honest. I do with Sandy Ryan. I bet you I do because that's my size. And so I'm only going to stay at 130 for the big fights. And that's against Baumgartner to go undisputed. So I'm hoping that happens this year. This is my last year at 130. If she doesn't let it happen this year, she's going to miss out. And I'm going to go up to 135 and challenge the other champions who want to fight. 
Listen, you've just mentioned uh, a British fighter's name there. You've been over in the UK quite a bit doing a bit of media and doing it absolutely brilliantly. Do you think we get the opportunity to see Michaela Meyer fighting in the UK? Yes, this will happen. Um, you know, I've been over there working with Sky Sports and everything and ESPN. They work well with Sky Sports. Everyone's kind of all grooving together. It's all working well. They have been in discussion about when I'll be over Excellent. there to fight. Um and it could happen this year. I don't have any firm answers for you guys, but we're definitely planning that, and it'll be soon. That, Michaela, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you got your eye on any British fighters at the moment? Is there anyone that's really taken your eye? Anyone you fancy fighting any British fighters? Well, I did. Terry Harper. I had my eye on Terry Harper for how long? <laughs> how long did I was I coming for Terry Harper? She had the belt that I wanted. Um, you know, it took too long to get that fight done. Baumgartner is now in her place. She beat her. And I don't want the same thing to happen with Baumgartner. I don't want the same thing to happen with anybody else. There's no reason we have to wait a year or two to make these big fights happen. Happen. The wave We're riding the wave of women's boxing right now. Um, everyone's paying attention. So these fights need to happen now. I don't want the fight to get away from us. But yeah, Terry Harper, I still think that people want to see that, especially the UK fans. And I would love to do that eventually down the line. So other than that, I don't know. I mean, I do want to move up. And you have girls like Chantel Cameron over there, obviously Katie Taylor. Uh, there's a handful of things. Women's boxing is thriving in the UK. Uh, so I'm game. I want to challenge them all. I want to leave this sport knowing that I challenge the best and have one of the best resumes in boxing. And that's the attitude that a lot of fans are absolutely loving at the moment. Michaela, listen, I know you're in New York for uh, the undisputed fight uh, between Taylor and Serrano, but obviously uh, you've got promotional stable mates that are going at it in, uh, in, in Las Vegas as well. I want to get your thoughts quickly uh, on uh, Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. How do you think that one's going to play out this evening? I'm Team Shakur. I mean... I don't think he's really gotten the chance to display his skill set, but Shakur is the going to be one of the greatest fighters of all time. Um, and people eventually see that. They don't necessarily see that now because he hasn't had the chance in the stage to sort of display his skills against the best. But this is his opportunity. This is his chance. And you guys are going to see how extremely elusive and hard to hit he is. And, and Oscar Valdez, he's a tough champion. He's going to come. He's going to fight. He's going to swing. And he's usually successful. But he will not be successful against Shakur Stevenson tonight. I guarantee you that. Yeah, I was going to say that Oscar Valdez, you know, comes with an unbeaten record. We've seen him over here before. He beat Scott Quigg over here. He's a decent fighter. He can whack a bit. But you fancy, I know Shakur Stevenson is a is quite a strong favorite with the bookies. But you fancy that he should do the job and do it in, in style? His ring IQ, his ring IQ is too high. He's he's going to outbox Valdez. Um, you guys are going to see the true Shakur Stevenson tonight. Looking forward to seeing it. Looking forward to seeing it. Listen, Michaela, give it. What about saw you at the moment? Are you in the garden yet? Are you are you close? We're literally about to walk over. We were thinking maybe we should stop and have a Guinness yeah, real definitely. quick. Because definitely. you know what? You, you Brits kind of got me onto the Guinness over there. Yeah. And we're all going to stop, have one Guinness in honor of Katie Taylor, and we're going to walk over to the garden and start the fight. So, <laughs> Listen, yeah. Michaela, the Irish are in town, man. You've got to get stuck in. Come uh, on, don't let them down. Listen, you can't drink too much of that Guinness, Michaela. You've got to keep that weight down. 
I oh, you're telling me. Seriously. Uh, listen, Michaela, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the evening tonight. It's going to be a, a, a listen. It's going to be a spectacle. Obviously, it's a it's a moment in history. And fingers crossed, in the not too distant future, not only will we see you in the UK fighting, we'll get you back at Madison Square Garden headlining there as well for maybe in your own unification uh, undisputed fight. Go well this evening. Absolutely. One day. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon. You take care. Take care. Take care. Uh, Michaela Meyer, uh, the unified uh, junior lightweight world champion who is, uh, listen, every time I speak to her, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed with her attitude towards the fights that she wants. She's been chasing down Alicia Bumgarner, who was the person that obviously beat Terry Harper. Previous to that, she was chasing down Terry Harper. She wants the belt. She wants all mm. the smoke. She wants to create those legacy moments. But listen, sneakily, the reason why she's in attendance tonight, she's not there just as a fan, mate. She's there to just eye up the possibility of maybe taking on the victor because she's the weight division below and she will da- she'll will st- step up to dance with the vin- winner. 100%. And do you know what? What a great fight that is as well. Michaela oh, comes to fight, man, as well. She's like, she's one of those stylistically. Um, yeah, would, how mad would that be? Like Katie Taylor versus Michaela. Oh, yeah, that would be absolutely nuts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Last week at Wembley, we saw Tyson Fury knock out Dillian White. But the star of the show for the majority of us on the comms team was a young man by the name of Nick Ball, who stopped Isaac Lowe on the undercard. We thought we'd give him a little bit of shine on the show this week, so we phoned up the scouser for a bit of a chinwag. I hit him at the left, but I actually waited, so I, I, I couldn't just hit him straight away, but I waited for his head to get back on the ropes, and then, and, then, and then hit him, and then he fell, and then I took a step off, as you said, looked at the ref, the ref didn't do nothing, so I'm a boxer, mate, it's, it's kill or be killed, protect yourself at all times, so I'll step Absolutely. back in. Hit him, and that's when the ref stopped it, and then the towel come in. Then, but yeah, just everyone can have their own opinion on it. But it, like, I was the one in the ring, and I'm I'm the one looking to get the job done. So, 
Listen, it's a legit stoppage. I, listen, I was hypercritical of the refereeing at the particular time, but regarding both fighters, no blame whatsoever. What's the moment yeah. like when you do that in Wembley Stadium? When you do that, when you get that signature moment, what's that moment like? Because I saw you like legging it over into every single corner, taking in all the uh, fans and the accolades, mate. What's that moment like? The moment you can't, um, can't describe, you know, it was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, I, ju I jumped on the top of the ropes, didn't I? I just, just like, to be honest, some people thought like, um, knowing the build wasn't that hard, this Nick Boys, he, he, it's a big step up for him and all that. So I was full of like, not rage, but I was just full of like, you know, like proving the proved it all wrong. That's why I jumped up and just looked at, looked out there like that. But then after it, um, I was I was just taking it all in. Everyone was um, supporting me and they're all they're all behind me now. So yeah, it is amazing. Like I've I've said that you're Liverpool's best kept secret, no longer obviously. Um, and I've got to speak about the gym because the gym at the moment, Everton Red Triangle. He's absolutely on fire. Every single week, there seems to be some type of statement performance. Obviously, we saw Kane a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? What were it, 17 seconds or whatever it was with his, with his yeah. finish? I was lucky enough to be in Liverpool on Friday night and to watch Peter McGrail go through what he does. And obviously, Joe was on that card as yeah, well. Yeah, sight, sight to behold, mate. Really talented, boys. And then obviously, you on Saturday night, go and do what you're doing. Throwing bombs and knocking people out. What is going on up there, mate? What, what are you all drinking? What's going on? It's what we're doing in the gym. We're just um, just stay, staying in the gym, stay listening, listening to the Paul and Ant and the stuff that we're getting taught. It's, it's next level stuff. It's from like I don't feel like it's um, you know modern day stuff. It is, but it's mixed in with all old stuff. What what um, the throwback fighters used to do and stuff like that. And um, we've been let off the leash now, and that's that's bad for everyone who we're getting put up against because we're just gonna put on a put on show what we've been getting taught. Because for years, for years, people following boxing and obviously knowing about Everton Red Triangle knew that they had elite amounts of success in the amateur game, training, you know, a lot of guys that and girls that were going on to Team GB and various winning various medals around the world in the amateur game. Now it's filtering into the pro game. We're seeing serious talent moving into this pro game now that a lot of people are starting to talk about major titles for everybody connected to your gym. Yeah, well, that's, we've always knew we've, um, we've been at that level. It's just getting the opportunity and, and the right platform to do it on and, and getting them titles. But now I feel like we've had that in the past few weeks. Like, it was five fights, five wins within a week for, for, the, yeah. for the gym. It was Brad, Brad and Andrew in Telford and then um, Joe and Peter in Liverpool and then me in, um, in London. And, yeah, it's just it's only up from here. Like, and, and we're going to be um, coming for them titles. What what obviously you'll have some type of WhatsApp group and stuff. What was the banter like before your fight? Because the other lads had done it. They'd all performed, they'd all done their thing, man. You know, did you feel any pressure going in there? They said, listen, I can't let the lads down. I've got to go in and do my thing. Yeah, we always knew what was happening, like with man. Um, <laughs> yeah, but not really, no. We don't, we don't like we just have a little mess about and that. We not 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 uh, get said stuff like that. We know what, what we can do. We just uh, just doing it, really. What has um what has the promotional conversations been like? for your post-Saturday night? Because a lot of fans obviously want to see you out again and they want to see you out at a certain level. I'm sure there's maybe chats of British titles, European titles, those types of level of fights. What's it been like over the last couple of days? I haven't heard nothing. Um, Frank spoke to, uh, to Paul and he said, um, he said he's going to let us know when I'm next fighting. But I just, um, I'm just ready to fight. I'll, I'll um, leave that to Paul, my manager, and Frank, the promoter, and, Get me in with whoever I'm. I'm ready. So, 
What do you want? What do you want to do? Come on, man. Come on. This is the platform now. You're on TalkSport now. Go on. Let them have it. What do you want to do? Yeah, well, I feel like like I was in line to fight for that business title. We just said about business title, but I feel like that's what I've just done. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm past business level. Like, everyone wants to fight for that business title as a business fighter, but, like, that belt would have just fall uh, for. That's, that gets you a world rank and that's in it. So, mm. probably get a, a few more fights in and then start going for the, the world titles. I feel like, I, 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 well, I know, I know I'm the world champions at my race. I know I can beat them. So, it's just, it's just getting, um, getting the, right, the right way to do it and then getting, getting the fights. Because you, you're in a phenomenal division, and I'm just talking domestically. Obviously, on the world level, it's brilliant. But on when you're looking at around that featherweight division name-wise, there's some top, top names that you could get involved with, of which would then cement or even build your profile further. And listen, I'm not calling yeah. people out for you, but if I look around and I look at the European title and Jordan Gill's there, that's a solid name. A lot of people know who Jordan's name is. You've obviously got Lee Wood, who holds a secondary title with the WBA. We've just had Mick Conlon, who was in attendance for your fight at the weekend. You know, there's some serious names there that you could get in the mix with. And maybe people think that I'm running for you a little bit and get a little bit carried away. But at the end of the day, man, no, no, you're, you're, right. you're 15 fights undefeated. And Saturday was just the exposure fight. You've, you've done the groundwork. You're ready to go. Exactly. And I think you're right as well. I agree with you. I'd get in with any of them guys tomorrow. And I know I can beat them. So... It's just letting me in with the minute. I'm ready now. Just, just it's just whether Paul Paul believes in me. Um, it's just Frank getting the fight. So uh, that's his job, isn't it? To deliver them fights, and I feel like he will. And I'll definitely deliver on on the night. They'll be made. How long have you got off? Are you taking a break? Are you going away? What are you doing? Yeah, a week off. He's giving me. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> One week after that, man. Me. You should you should you yeah. should be enjoying yourself for at least a month on a performance like that, lad. Yeah, um, I love training, mate. I'm itching to train now, so just chill out, eat some nice food, innit? And then um, get back yeah. in in a week, get back in Monday, just just uh, take over and see what happens. Nick, we've been, we've been speaking quite a lot on this show about various areas of the country that are, are bubbling up with talent. We've, we've spoke about yeah. Newcastle a couple of times that are doing really well. There's a couple of guys coming through there from the northeast, but Liverpool is just red up. Like I said, I was lucky yeah. enough to be at the show on Friday night where the both McGrail boys were on there and there are a couple of other people from the local area that are coming through, you know, like Frankie and various others, and obviously yourself. There's Obviously, you've got the top guys. We've got Liam Smith in action this weekend over in the States. But then as you look further down, the younger ones, the, the guys who are 25 and under that are coming through, the talent level is ridiculous in the city of Liverpool right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's good. Foster Cedar as well, isn't it? Like where I'm from, and um, it is. It's Foster Cedar, and I can't wait for the future to see where it all is. Because there's definitely 100 percent a few world champions coming through from Liverpool. Step up. And uh, are you a, are you a red or blue? A part of it. I'm a red me. Bloody hell, mate. You're taking everything this year, aren't you? You know what I mean? You're taking all the trophies <laughs> in the footy. You're taking all the belts in the boxing. Leave a bit. Leave a bit for That's everybody all, else, yeah? It? <laughs> now, if you've been listening to TalkSport throughout the course of the week, you will have heard the dulcet tones of Ricky Hatton right across various programmes. He was with us once again on Saturday night on Fight Night to preview his comeback. That's right. He's having an exhibition with Marco Antonio Pereira. It is taking place in Manchester on July the 2nd. And the hitman gave us an explanation as to why he's doing it again. I had my comeback fight against Senchenko a few yeah. years ago. 
I wanted to find out if I still had it, uh, and I found out I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, but and I still, I still stand by that. You know, my best years are behind me. But in a controlled environment, you know, what yeah. I mean, it's not going to be twelve rounds. It's going to be eight rounds. It's not going to be three minute rounds. It's going to be two minute rounds. It's not going to be eight ounce gloves. It's going to be sixteen ounce gloves. And there's an understanding between me and Marco, who's my friend, have been his mate for years. You know what I mean? That you know. We know what's enough and what's too much. Um, but also, there's going to be that competitive enough because, you know, we're retired. We're not dead. We're still champions. We're still exactly. winners, you know what I mean? And um, I think I speak for Marco in the sense that he's not going to want to come to Manchester and have his ears boxed off by me. And there's no way he's coming to my man in Manchester and boxing my ears off. So that's where the competitive side comes to it. But that's what it is. There'll be none of us going in for the kill or baying for blood. It'll be it'll be exciting, trust me, you know what I mean? And, when was anybody going to to any of my fights, whether it be a fight or an exhibition, no one's going home snoozing, trust me. No, absolutely. It's going to be a good night. And, and, and from a fan's point of view, you're 100% right in what you say there. Entertainment is the key, isn't it? Absolutely. And people, they want to see the Blue Moon Ring Walk. They want to see all that. They want to see you in your colours again. They want to see you come out. Well, you, you know, you've got, you've got you know, the greatest fighter in the world, Floyd Mayweather, fighting a YouTuber. Do you know what I mean? You've got, you know, Floyd Mayweather fighting Conor McGregor, who's a UFC fighter. Do you know what I mean? You know, so what's wrong with Ricky Atten and Marco Antonio Barrera doing exhibitions? You watch that crap. <laughs> mate, you, you, mate, you're 100%. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the per, for me, it's the perfect night out for people that maybe we just be speaking Oasis, right? Now, I've, I've got younger members of my family who never got to see Oasis live. It's, it's getting the opportunity to see that. That's what this is. And that's what you are for a lot of you, especially younger fight, younger fight fans who, who knew about Ricky and who knew about what you did, who knew, who heard about the great tales of going to America and all those types of things that never got to experience it. Now they get an opportunity to experience it. It's yeah. perfect. Well, I saw two amateur boxers the other day and they come up to me and there was about 15, 16 and they went, oh, Ricky, I'm going to have to work a bit hard and pull my socks up me. I went, why, what's up? They went, I've seen how hard you work on your social media, and if you're doing that at 43, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> I need to put on a thought. And, you know, and if youngsters see me at 43 years of age doing what I'm doing and, and that, and it inspires youngsters, then that's why I'm doing it. If there's people out there with mental health and say, look at Ricky Hatton seven years ago, you know, suicidal, you know what I mean, you know, you know, drinking and drugs and all all that, look at him now, what he's done to get his life together. And if Ricky Hatton can hear that roar of the crowd one last time, because when you're a professional, that's what you miss when you retire. I'm going to get the chance to do it again. So people turn around and say, are you doing it for money? Oh, we don't want to see you get hurt. What are you doing it for? I think we've answered it in this co this conversation already, why I'm doing it with you. Mm. You know, if you, and if you, don't, if, you, if you don't know why I'm doing it, you know, then, then you need to go back to school, you nugget, don't you? you know? Rick, is, is that your biggest achievement, <clears throat> dragging yourself out of that depressive state, do you think? I think it was as big as, as anything else because, I mean, I... I <clears throat> if I had a took me life years ago, yeah. I wouldn't have seen Campbell go professional. I'm a granddad now, granddad hitman. You know, I wouldn't have seen Lila meet my granddaughter, you know, be born. I wouldn't have seen Millie and Fern turn into the two beautiful ladies that they're, they're turning into. Um, I wouldn't have made up with my mum and dad. I didn't speak to my mum and dad for six or seven years. I wouldn't have made up with Billy Graham. No, look what I've, what, what I've, I'd have lost out. On you know, if I hadn't have gone to someone, opened my mouth and said, "Listen, I need help. Help me. I'm gonna kill myself. Please help me." And I did that, and I've never looked back. 
And I, you know, and I, and to be honest, I've got myself on the straight and hour even before this exhibition's come on. But now mm-hmm. this exhibition's come about, it gives me an incentive to for my own well-being, but to help others, as in youngsters, people out there with mental health, the full and for me to feel that rush from the crowd again. Why am I doing it? I think it's pretty obvious, to be honest with you. That's the hardest thing, isn't it? Opening your mouth when you're in that situation. And that's listening to you speak about it now. Even if one person listening to this conversation now takes the inspiration yeah, to say, listen, I'm, I'm no, in a I'm bad no, state. I'm no saying it. What are you going to say? I'm a wimp. You know what I mean? I mean, I went into the hardest game of the world and doing everything like that. But I think, you know, the, it takes more of a man or, or a champion, if you like, to turn around and say, listen, I could, I could do in the ring. That was my, that's where I, that was my world. I, I could do that in the ring, but I'm sorry, this between me head, I can't do it on my own, and I need help from someone. And I think, you know, if it, like you say, if it helps one person, Tyson Fury did it. Tyson, you should have seen Tyson Fury a few years ago. Yeah. Look at him now, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, and you know, look where I was a few years ago, mm. July second, doing a return at 43 against Marco Antonio Barrera. You know what I mean? It's, you can do it. Doesn't matter how bad things it get. If you do the right things, you'll come out of the light. You come listen, out of the darkness, I should say. In all seriousness, just to wrap this up. Now, this is July second, right? Champions League final, mate. It's week before. Uh, two, uh, sorry, five weeks before. Twenty eighth of May, <clears throat> right? That's in the middle of your camp. You going? No, I can't be going. No, no, no. I mean, I think, I think Marco will probably want me. Marco will be trying to buy me a ticket, trying to get me over there. Won't we? Go on, mate. Get over there on the lash with them lot. But uh, no, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm focused. That putting a good, uh, good a, a good uh, exhibition with my mate. I mean, we all know how good Marco and Tony Barrera is. It don't need anyone to say that. But I'm un- unlike. I'm a boxing fan still, and unlike. A lot of boxing fans out there. I'm going to get the chance to have a move about with Marco and found out, find out just firsthand how good he actually is. How good is, how good is that? But um, no, I can't wait. You know, it's uh, the tickets are going absolutely fantastic as as it is, which makes me feel so proud. You know, the fans always with my my, my greatest ever achievement. There's still a few left. You can get them on HattonBerrera.com. But um, if you look at it not as a boxing show, as a bit, it's going to be a party. This it's going to be Smile. fun. And yeah. I think me and me and Marco doing it, and then the other fights that we've got on the undercard, live music acts. You know, it's there's no party like a Ricky Atten party, and there's another one July second. Now, of course, the night is about Ricky, and it is about Marco Antonio Barrera, but it's also about a couple of guys that are on the undercard. That's right, a couple of mixed martial artists that have uh, applied their trade in the UFC are stepping into the boxing ring. My mate Dan Hardy is taking on Diego Sanchez. I know, it's absolutely mind-blowing, but Dan Hardy's been talking about a combat sport comeback for some time now, and he's finally got it on. So I got on the phone to him and got him on the show on Saturday night to talk us through the reasons why. This is not a drill, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a dress rehearsal. It is happening. Dan Hardy is getting back in the mix. And to make it even better, he's fighting Diego Sanchez. And to make it even better, it's on a Ricky Atten undercard. Dan Hardy, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. What an introduction that was. Wow, that mate. was amazing, mate. Yeah. Mate, listen, <laughs> I'm telling you. And listen, I know that you've been keeping things on the down low. I know that you've been doing a little bit of due diligence in the background, just getting this over the line and what have you, mate. But when this dropped... My phone lit up like mad. Your phone must have gone crackers. All my mates who are big fans of yours are on to me going, Hardy, is it true? Is he, or is it, is it a wind-up? Is he, is he definitely fighting again? I said, promise you, man. If it says it's happening, it's happening. It's on. Can't wait for it, mate. 
Yeah, mate, it's going to be a good one. And, you know, as you said, Diego, you know what you're going to get from Diego. It's going to be a scrap. We're wearing big gloves and we're boxing, so we're just going to be able to stand and take chunks out of one another. And it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a good one to dust off the old knuckles, as you say, and, uh, and get back in there. What's, I was going to say, what's it, what's it actually feel like now to, be talk, to have a fight booked? Because I know you've wanted to do it for a bit. What's it feel like now that it's actually booked? You've got a date that you're working towards. It feels amazing, mate. I, I feel very much like myself again. It's like I've shaved about eight years off my life and I'm back to where I was a few years ago when I was, you know, just stepping out of the octagon in, uh, in, in uh, Nottingham and wondering when my next fight was going to be. And then, of course, that got derailed for about, well, nearly 10 years. Um, but this, I mean, this, this, this feels good, especially, I mean, Ricky Hatton, Marco Antonio Barrera in the main event. You know, I've, I've been such a huge fan of both of those guys for a long time. Ricky Hatton in particular was a big inspiration for me you know, working those body shots on in the tie boxing ring back in the day. Um, and then, you know, a week ago, I was sitting next to him at a press conference. It was very, very surreal. But I think all around, it's going to be a great show. I mean, they've got some good music music artists on. There's a, a couple more interesting fights, which I'm sure they're going to be announcing very soon. And I know you're going to be buzzing about them as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's, it's Diego Sanchez. We've been meaning to get, get into a fight for a, a good while now. Um, and, and this is a very interesting situation with it being boxing. Yeah, you know what, Dad? I, I was speaking to Ricky Hatton about it, actually, and about the comeback and, and the reasons for it. And he was saying to me, you know what, Spence? I just, I just need some direction. I just want something to focus on. I just, you know, it, it's, it's made me feel 10 years younger again. I totally understand that. I get it. Is that the same same feelings that you were getting? Like, you know, because you've been talking about it for a while. Um, is, it, is it for that reason? It is, yeah. I mean, you know, having some direction for training is a, a, a big benefit because, especially as you, as you get old like us, I mean, I'm I'm 40 in a couple of weeks. It, to, to have to have a, a goal in mind, to have a focus and an opponent, it makes everything so much more real. Um, and you know, R- Ricky Hatton, obviously, he's been dealing with a lot of uh, you know m- mental health issues and stuff. And this this is a grounding for him. You, you can tell that when he was speaking at the press conference. You know, even you know, you chat to him privately. You can see the relief that he's got a direction to move in. Um, and and the, the problem with being a fighter, you know, you, you get into your mid-30s and you've not really made a plan <laughs> because the plan was to be a world champion and to be the best ever. And, and, you know, whether you reach that stage or not, you always find yourself a bit lost. You know, even the likes of Conor McGregor, he's a bit, he's a bit drifting. You know, he has been at times in his career. You need that grounding, that anchoring. Um, and, and, you know, the idea of walking out in, in front of a, a, a packed arena um, you know, to face someone that I know for sure wants to punch my lights out, it's, it's the adrenaline rush I needed. Brilliant. Is it, so, are you saying it's not really this? This is not, this is like a real fight. It's not going to be an exhibition, Dan. Is that what you saying? Exhibitions don't exist in Dan Hardy's world, mate. It's a scrap. Nice. That's what he's doing. Nice. And something else I wanted to ask you as well, Dan. You, you say you're 39. You're coming up 40 now. Is that one of the reasons why you chose it? Because you think if you leave it another five years, then you wouldn't be able to get back in there and do it. It's like it's like now or never. Yes, I, I, absolutely. I definitely feel like that is, you know, that is ticking. I think in my head, I think, you know, I'll be 65, 70 and still thinking about getting into a scrap. <laughs> but, but, you know, y- your body lets you down, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't recover as quickly and you need more rest and, and niggles and injuries that you pick up. They stay with you for longer. Um, the truth is, though, and Adam knows this because, you know, we, we've been traveling around and stuff together. Like, I've never, never let myself get out of shape. No. I mean, I've got, you know, I've added a bit of cake to my midsection at times, but <laughs> I can always shave that off in a few weeks. And, like, psychologically, I feel a lot fresher and a lot more, uh, you know, alert and astute than I did when I was fighting previously. So even though, you know, 
perhaps physically I've, I've lost a, you know, a, a percentage of what I was able to do when I was in my 20s. I think I make up for that with what I know now. And that's, again, why I'm excited about the main event, because, you know, Barrera and, and Hatton, they've got such a wealth of experience. They, they, of course, they've both shaved a bit off their, their physical primes, but they, they've got that, that, slight, that, that knowledge mm. that they can share and that, that they're good friends, so they're going to have a really, good, uh, a really good sparring match. Diego and I are very respectful, but he's a warlike individual and so am I. Like Adam said, there's no such thing as an exhibition match. And, you know, as soon as punches start getting thrown, the power comes behind them. And I'm hoping that at least one of us hits the canvas a few times and I'm planning it not to be me. Wow. Dan, do you think we do enough for, for retired fighters? What, what, what I mean by that is, obviously, you guys have been doing this since you were kids and therefore the flame never, ever really goes out. But when it, it is time to call time on the professional career, do we do enough in order to make sure that, as you've just said there, you've been talking about focus and drive and all those things. Those things don't go away, but having that purpose, do, do, does, the, does the fight sports world do enough for retired athletes? I don't think so, to be honest, no, because I don't think a lot of people outside of the, the combat sports world really understand. Like yeah. The idea for, you know, for someone getting into a fight is, oh, well, if you get paid enough, then maybe it makes sense. And then the idea is that as long as you make enough money while you're doing it, you'll be fine once you retire. Yeah. And the majority of us don't get into it because we want money. We, we get into it because we've got a passion for, comp for competition mm. because we like to fight. So mm. whether you've got a stack of cash or, or not, we all get to that stage where we're, we're longing for something that we no longer have. Mm. Um, you know, R Ricky's definitely in this situation because obviously, you know, he, he was very successful as a boxer and, yeah. and made, made, you know, probably a, enough money to not really have to worry about doing anything. The thing that he needs is that grounding and that mm. that competition. And you know, that's a, that's a similar thing. For, that's a similar thing, though, for you as well, Dan. Because you're you're probably one of the you're in a small percentage that has managed to build a successful career after fighting. You're doing extremely well in the broadcast world with all all the branding that you've you've got now with Full Reptile. That's obviously you're living and and that, that's your passion and the gym and the training of other fighters. So it, anybody that comes at me says, "Oh, is he doing this for a few quid?" Absolutely not. It's that thing. It's that flame that just hasn't gone out. You just need to. You just keep need to scratch in that itch, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. That, that's exactly it. It's it's the. It, I mean, there are easier ways to make money, of course, <laughs> and and you know there the, there are easier ways to make money where you're not risking your your, your face and your health and your reputation in front yeah. of a, a live audience. You know, the, we are taking big risks, but that that's a, that's of course part of the reason why there's such an adrenaline rush, and like like you said, it, it, it's a it's a gap that you have in your life when you stop mm. competing. And I would imagine it's the same for any, any athlete, really. Um, you know, they, you, they have that routine know, in their do life. Do you feel it, Spence? Do you feel that? Yeah, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is, guys? I think that when you stop competing, like you, it's like a boxer loses his identity and then he's got to find, you know, he's got to find direction in life. And when, whatever that direction is, and like, you know, Dan's doing really well now, you know, in the media and et cetera. Same but that's, that, that's, yeah, the same as me, but that's still not that, Buzz, do you know what I mean? It's still, there's still, yeah, it's great and it's a great replacement, but it's, I, I get it, Dan. I totally get it. Um, a question I want to ask you, Dan, actually, is you're going in there, you, you know, you're you're buzzing, you're back in the gym, you're training, etc. Is this a one-off? Do you think you will do it again? You know, it's, it's a good question. I, I honestly don't know. In my head right now, this is the this is the the first step on the ladder to to more fights. Because, you know, I've had conversations with different organizations around the world, you know, one mm. championship and Eagle FC and stuff. And they, they, there's the, 
we'd really like you to fight, but then in the back of their mind, there's a question of, well, he's not been competing for 10 years. What would he actually look like? Yeah. So, so this is actually a comeback like then, Dan. Is that what you're saying? It's, that, it's not just a one-off thing? I, I just feel like there are so many good options out there for me now. You know, whether it's boxing or kickboxing or Muay Thai or MMA. You know, I could, I'm, you know, I'm a free, free agent. I can take single fight deals. I mean, Anderson Silva's got a fight coming up in May, you know, depending on obviously how good I look against Diego. It opens up doors for fights against other guys. I could even go into kickboxing or, or MMA again, and, and my options are open. No well, one championship are doing Jake Paul's you won. Let's get after Jake Paul, Dan. Come on, man. Let's get some of that door. <laughs> hey, I'd take that fight. You know it. You know it. <laughs> Mate, what the, I'm getting a few messages from uh, from fight fans. They want to know: Is the Red Mohawk coming back? Well, I, I should probably do a poll on this, to be honest, because yeah, I was should. considering just leaving it as it is. There's a lot more grey in it now than the last time I dyed it, so I was <laughs> thinking of going for like a like like a red and silver color color scheme this time around to complement my middle age. N- nice man, nice. And uh, music wise, you're not changing it, are you? It's gonna be it's gonna be the usual. I don't know. I mean, this is different, isn't it? You know, it's boxing. It's a you know, it's a big event in Manchester. I'm chasing Status. I've got a great new album out, and that's that's yeah. banging in the gym all the time. So I might switch it up. There might be a surprise, but we'll okay. see. What sort of ring walk are we expecting, Dan? Are we going to throw good something big. special in there? Yeah, he's got a big. Mate. I'm I'm planning on Adam carrying me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Flying carpet, mate. That's what we got to do. That's how we go. That's how we got to enter it. <laughs> Listen, we. I genuinely can't wait for it. The you kind of touched upon it right at the start. I think anybody that's buying a ticket for this or tuning into this or listening to this, it is going to be fun. It's just going to be a party atmosphere. Look, Listen to the names. Ricky Atten, Marco Antonio Barrera, Dan Hardy, Diego Sanchez. It's just going to be fun, man. And you guys are obviously going to uh, fulfill all the things that you want to fulfill out of it as well. And who knows where this might lead to. Um, just before I let you... Go on, mate. Carry on. I, th- I think it opens a few doors, and I think it's going to be a great night for everybody. You know, Ricky's always talking about, you know, we're coming out of lockdown. We need that party atmosphere to lift everyone's spirits, and, and yeah. I think that's the vibe from everybody. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. Listen, before I let you clear off, uh, the UFC are coming back to London. Um, obviously, we had a show uh, in March, and now we're getting another one uh, in July, and the hot rumour is that Tom Aspinall, once again, will be top of the bill, this time taking on Curtis Blades. If he comes through that, surely... He's not too far away from having a go at UFC gold. He's got to be right up there. I mean, I think Curtis Blades is a real big step up, even from Volkov, to be honest. Yeah. But then, you know, we've got rumours of Cyril Gambite and tied to Avata. That, that throws another very interested individual towards the top of the tree. You know, Tom Aspinall's destined to fight for UFC gold and most likely going to hold it at some point, if not a couple of different uh, times. Um, I'm excited for him to get this opportunity. It, it's, it's just Curtis Blades, as we know, is an incredible wrestler, and that's going to be the big challenge for Tom. How good right now is the, is the landscape for British MMA, in your opinion, Dan? It's brilliant. It's brilliant, especially you know, especially in the north, where we you know where you've got Paddy and Molly doing great things as well. Um, but then you know, you go down to GB Top Team, where Brad Pickett is, and all the guys that he's got on the map from Nathaniel Wood and you know it's, it's an exciting time to be a part of mixed martial arts in the UK and the gyms that are doing well now are ones clearing the way for the next gyms to come along um, good times mate really good times and great to see the UFC coming back to London so soon just to finish off the show it is five years near enough to the day that Anthony Joshua stopped Vladimir Klitschko at Wembley Stadium what a night that was and me and Spence had a little bit of a chat about it on the show on Saturday.
spine-tingling anticipation on the grandest of stages. Surely the most significant and certainly the richest heavyweight fight ever staged in Britain. Oh, Olympic gold medalists, consummate pros, and physical giants collide. And Klitschko is somehow trying to survive, but Anthony Joshua tumbles him again! Unbelievable! The time has arrived. Light the touch paper. Lift off for AJ! A new chapter! There it is, iconic from uh, from Adam Smith. You are listening to Fight Night on Talksport. I'm Adam Cattrall, Spencer Oliver, alongside me. And the reason why we are playing that package from Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko because yesterday it was five years. Jeez, man, I know. That's five crazy, years to mate. the day to that epic night at Wembley Stadium. Obviously, we were at Wembley last week for another epic night where Tyson Fury did the business against Dillian White, but five years previous, it was Anthony Joshua's crowning moment. And do you know something? I say that, it really was his crowning moment at this stage of his career. We obviously hope we, we hope there's plenty more great nights for AJ still to come. But as it stands right now, Spence, yeah. the victory over Vladimir Klitschko, the way that that fight went back and forth and the way that he dragged himself through some serious adversity to get the victory... I would say is his best performance to date. 100%, mate. I think that that was, that was AJ's finest hour, definitely. I mean, it was everything about that. It was about, you know, the fight taking place at Wembley Stadium. And, mate, I could touch the ropes, right? And it was like, as the fight was unfolding, mm. I never expected it to be the fight it was because Klitschko sort of, sort of like tries to nullify his fighters and keep it safe and keep the distance etc etc and then round six comes and the fight's going you know it's an interesting fight anyway round six and then bang he tags AJ and I swear to God right Adam I was that close I felt the vibration when he hit him and then AJ went down I thought mate he's not going to recover no. and then it was not like it took him a minute to recover it took him like three rounds well, to recover yeah, man. and it was just like the, the way that it all unfolded and then the way that AJ eventually finished it and that massive uppercut but what he showed us in that fight right Adam it's what I want to touch on here what he showed us in that fight he showed us that rawness that Nick was needed mate. to win world titles. You know, he showed us a bit of everything. He showed us, you know, the he way... He showed us the dog. He showed, he showed us the dog, us, mate. showed us the dog, the way he pulled himself back up. The, you know, he showed us cojones that night as well, mate, the way he pulled himself back off the floor. He said, we got a little bit of everything there. Yeah. And I've, I've not really witnessed that again since you know that night. Loads of people, when we speak about AJ, they always go to the Andy Ruiz fight. That's what they always go to. Oh, that's the fight that changed him. I, I, I completely disagree. Totally. This is, this is the fight. This fight against Vladimir Klitschko changed Anthony Joshua going forward. And the stats back me up with what I'm saying. Mm. This is what? His 18th fight, I think, 18th professional fight against Vladimir Klitschko. If you look at the fights previous to Klitschko, he only gets out of the third round on two occasions. One against Dominic Brazil, one against Dillian White. He's got consistent knockouts right through up until the Vladimir Klitschko fight. And obviously he finishes Klitschko, but that's in the 11th round. This, so this is the longest that he's gone. 
Mm -hmm. If you look at the fights post Klitschko, so you've got obviously Parker in there, you've got Povetkin in there, you've got Pula, all these other fights that he's had. I think he's had seven since that particular fight. The earliest he has finished a fight since Vladimir Klitschko is round seven against Povetkin. He's had decisions in there. He's gone late in those fights. And if you look at his his punch stats, mm. he's very, very, very jab heavy. He's gone full on jab heavy, staying behind the jab. He's gone a lot more cautious since the Vladimir Klitschko fight. I agree with what you just said there. He's shown us everything that is beautiful about AJ in this particular fight. And if he's going to go forward and beat someone like an Alexander Usyk, he's got to find the guy that turned up at Wembley five years ago. Certainly if agree. If he finds it, he's got a chance. Yeah, totally agree with that, mate. You know, he, he needs to rediscover that old AJ. And that's easier said than done. Of course you know, it and it's easier said than done. You know, I've spoke to him about that. And he, he recognises it. He knows it. He knows he's got to find that rawness that, he, that was there before. He says that he can do it, but yeah, it's a difficult one, mate. Because I, I you know, he's a he's a power mind, so I don't yeah. like you know sort of slagging him off if you like. But well, it's not slagging him off. No, it's no, an honest no, critique it's, 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 of, of it, where he's it's at. It's constructive criticism. But basically, you know, I think that that fight definitely we haven't seen. AJ, like you say, you just read out the stats. Those stats don't lie; they're facts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, mm. yeah, I think that definitely took something out of him that fight. I think. Because... I think in in the middle of the fight, Spence, you you've been there many times. In the middle of the fight, he goes to autopilot, right? Mm. And that is his that's his natural thing. What he's what he's doing in the middle of that fight when he gets when he gets rocked and he goes down for the first time in his pro career, he goes into autopilot and he shows us the dog. He, he just goes into street mode, right? What happens after the fight, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a thinker, he's AJ. He likes to think and process and takes in opinions and stuff like that. And I think now he's overthought the process. What he's done, he's gone, right, I don't want to go back to that point. Don't mm. want to go back there. So how can we avoid going back to that point? And I, listen, I can understand because I'm sure it wasn't the most pleasant moments of his, of his life when, he's rock, when his head's rocking around Wembley Stadium and there's 90-odd thousand people screaming and what have you. But... In order for him to go to the next level in this game, he's got to go back there. You've got yeah. to put yourself at risk. You have yeah. to put yourself at risk. You can't avoid it to be the best in the world. You just can't do that. Mate, you hit the nail on the head when you're saying he's overthinking it. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's sort of caught between styles. He doesn't know, yeah. you know, whether he wants, wants to box on the front foot, the back foot. Well, listen, heavyweight boxing, you haven't got time to think like that. And I think that's what was great about Joshua, that rawness and that yeah. fighting with his heart on his sleeve. And he was willing to take chances. You know, he was willing to roll the dice and he was willing to go and sit in the pocket. But like you say, I think from that Klitschko fight, that changed. Something in, took something was taken out of him in that fight and he needs to rediscover that moving forward, definitely. Especially um, if this fight's announced with Alexander Usyk. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that, that is key. If he doesn't rediscover that, mate, he's, he's, gonna, he's in for a tough night. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll tell you something, though. What a night. I know that we were blessed to have Frotch Groves 2 at Wembley previous to this. And obviously, AJ fought on the undercard. So he had a, li he had a little bit of a taster, didn't he? But there was some... This night, when he came out... When, to be fair, when Klitschko came out to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it was like, woof! This is a different level. We are yeah. in a different era of boxing now. We Mate, are going to a different level. But listen, listen it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a boxing event, if that makes sense. It, yeah. was, it was like... It was it, a concert. It was a concert. Yeah. That's exactly it. It was a concert with a great big scrap in the, in, in the middle of it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it, it was nuts. It was nuts. Listen, I've got a question for you. If Fury stays retired, and we don't know that he's going to, but at the moment he's talking like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. done and everything else. I still think we'll see him in the ring. But if that stands and he stays retired and he relinquishes the WBC and Joshua loses to Usyk, mm -hmm. 
And he, do you, do you see him retiring? AJ? Yeah. Uh, yes, because I think AJ's all about, and the, and the journey's always been about trying to become the undisputed champion of the world. He's a two-time heavyweight world champion. He has got countless amounts of coin in the bank, hasn't he? I think it's always been about becoming the undisputed champion. If he loses to Usyk, the road back to becoming the undisputed champion of the world, I think is very difficult because, as you've just said there, Usyk's not going to renege any belts. He's going to go chasing the WBC champion. The WBC champion is going to be... You've got Joyce versus uh, Parker. The winner of that's probably going to fight Wilder for the WBC belt. And then they will then go on to fight Usyk. So you're mm. probably looking at about a two-year period, two-and-a-half-year period before AJ... I know he's the, he's the money so, and people will want to fight him, but... It's a long way back, mate. So you might be Listen, right. You might, you might call it. I've got another one for you as well. If they both, if they both did retire, who would go down as the better fighter of the two? With, I think it would be Tyson Fury. Mm. Tyson Fury would go down. One, he's undefeated. He's had three absolute blockbusters with uh, Deontay Wilder. He beat Klitschko before uh, AJ beat Klitschko, and he's done the majority of that. Well, he's done all of that abroad, hasn't he? He's done it all on the road. Uh, and they will. There's always that thing with it with Anthony Joshua when he become world champion against Charles uh, Charles Martin. People will always say, "Well, how did that happen?" Well, that only happened because Tyson Fury went off the rails and yeah. those belts were fragmented, and he picked up the pieces when Tyson Fury wasn't around. Don't get me wrong, AJ's achievements are absolutely stellar. He's beaten some mm. very good guys, but did he beat the very best guys? I don't know if he did. I think we need to see them both in the ring together, mate, to yeah, sort man. this out, don't we? So it's, it's, <laughs> what's going to happen is if they both do retire and they don't fight each other, uh, it's always going to be that debate. Yeah. You know? And then we're gonna, we'll probably see them when they're in the 40s, won't they? Yeah. Like, we've just been speaking to Ricky Atten and Dan yeah. Hardy about that comeback, so they'll probably have a little knock when they're 50 or something like that. Exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, listen, thank you very much uh, for listening to me and Spence this evening. Hopefully we have got you in the mood for uh, a couple of scraps that are going on uh, in the early hours of the morning. It's an epic, epic night for uh, for boxing. Obviously, you've got the historic night at Madison Square Garden between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. That is going to be unbelievable. Uh, the female champions that we were speaking to earlier on in the show, hopefully they've got you in the mood for that and the magnitude of that night. And then a little later on, on the west coast of America, you're going to see Shakur Stevenson taking on Oscar Valdez, unifying that for the weight division it's going it's just going to be amazing it's an amazing night of boxing stay up all the way through you don't need it's a bank holiday man you don't need to you don't need to be up go to bed now mate, sleep all, all day sunday that's ad, how we roll ads mate i i normally always do go to bed now when we get these fights that go on you know overseas and, and they're yeah. late for the night i ain't going to bed for that mate. Nah, mate manda serrano katie taylor that is going to be an epic war that's going to go down as one of the all-time great fights of madison square garden there you have it. An epic weekend for boxing. Two super fights. Lots of talking points of which have been flowing around TalkSport throughout the course of the week. And we will be building up this week to the return of Canelo as he attempts to become the light heavyweight world champion taking on Dimitri Divol. Wow. What an unbelievable fight that is. We'll get stuck into that on Fight Night this week, so make sure you come back and join us from 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Failing that, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Fight Night is what you're looking for on iTunes and the TalkSport website. Catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.